Are you guys going to have seated? All right, I'm going to move fast tonight and get you guys to see groups as soon as possible. Last week, we started this series called The Pursuit of Holiness, all right? The Pursuit of Holiness. And I love that word, pursuit. So there are some words, give me your attention, right here. There are some words in our vocabulary that sound super passive and just really chill and laid back. But the word pursuit is not one of those words. The word pursuit implies so much action, a chase, a running after, a going after something. That's what that word pursuit means. And so what we've done is we've tied that word pursuit with the word holiness. We are chasing after what is holy. And so if you've just kind of forgotten, like, what is holiness? We'll give you just a brief definition of what is holiness. But holy or holiness is about being set apart for God, set apart from sin, okay? So that we once were like stuck in sin and the Bible even calls us a slave to sin. But it also says that we've been set apart from sin and we've been set apart for Jesus. So just help me out here so I know you're awake. Would you just help me by saying that word, set apart? Ready, set, go. Set apart. So that's what we have encountered. If you, listen to me here, if you today call yourself a Christ follower, you say, I follow Jesus, that's who I follow, then what you need to understand is this reality, that this is you. You, who call yourself a follower of Jesus Christ, have been set apart from sin and for God. That's what holiness is. That's what living in holiness is all about, being set apart for God and to live for him. Now, first thing I wanna say is that we should be ready for holiness. We should be woke. We should be awake, all right? So number one here tonight, when we talk about holiness, everybody who calls themselves a follower of Jesus should be woke. We should be alert. The Bible says in this verse right here, it's 1 Peter 1.13, it says, therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, it says, with minds that are awake, be woke, and minds that are fully sober. Listen, to live a life that is set apart for God requires you being awake and alert and sober. You have to know what's going on around you. When temptation is coming your way, to be holy is to be woke, to know that temptation is in front of you, to not be oblivious to it, to know when you're being tempted, to know when there's a struggle going on for you to give in, and instead of living for God, living for yourself or living for sin. And what I'm telling you today is that If you call yourself a follower of Jesus Christ and you're called to then live holy, set apart for God, not for yourself, you have to be woke. You have to know what's going on around you when temptation is around you and how to respond to that. So the Bible says, be awake and sober-minded. Now, I want to show you this kind of funny video. Maybe you've seen it before on social media, but... This is like the opposite of being woke, in my opinion. Okay, so check this out. It's actually, we probably shouldn't laugh at it, but it's funny. So check it out. Bless you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Okay, so I think the sound was off on the first one, so can you just play the first one one more time and then you can cut it out right after that. The first one is the best one. Check it out. <laughs> All right, so there you go. Full effect. Listen, check this out. Okay, watch this. Listen. Okay, that dude right there, that dude right there, for it applies to what we're talking about, is not woke. He doesn't know what's going on around. He doesn't know that there's a dude that's hiding right there. Listen, the Bible says, God himself says, that Satan is like this lion crouching at your door waiting for you. And he is ready to kill you, to destroy you. He's ready to help you live a life that is not set apart for God. And God says that we have to be woke and ready for everything going on around us. When temptation is coming our way, when you're on your phone about to live in a way that dishonors God, when you're talking with people, when you're hanging out with your boyfriend or your girlfriend or whatever is going on around you, you have to be awake and ready for what comes to your mind. I like the second guy in the video, the older guy in the white jacket. He's walking around and he's like, he sees him, right? He's like, uh, you're not going to scare me. And he keeps on walking, right? I want to be like that guy when it comes to the world around me, when it comes to holiness, awake and knowing what's coming on around me, going on around me, okay? He says, with minds that are sober and alert, be ready. Now, with a mind like that, he says this, the next part, verse 13, he says, number two, he says, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. So with a mind that is awake, with a mind and a heart that is ready and knows what's happening around them. He says, set your hope on the foundation, on the grace that is to be brought to you in the day that Jesus is coming. This is what it's talking about. Listen to this. One day you're not going to be sitting here as a high schooler. One day you won't be here in this church as an adult because one day you will either be dead or Jesus is going to come back. And what it's saying is that when Jesus returns, you better have put your hope somewhere. He says, put your hope in the grace that is going to be brought to you in Jesus Christ. There are a lot of things that you could put your hope in. And what you put your hope in will either cause you to live a life that is set apart for God or cause you to live an entirely different way that dishonors God. Number one, check out this picture right here. You could put your hope in yourself. Or like the verse says, you can put your hope in the grace that is going to be given to you in Jesus at the end of your life. Or when Jesus returns, whichever happens first, you can put your hope in yourself. But in the end, God is not going to ask you how you're putting your hope in yourself worked out for you. He's going to say, did you put your hope in my son, Jesus, who I gave for you? You could also put your hope in other people. Like maybe you, you trust like, man, other people are going to, satisfy me. Other people are going to give me everything I want inside. Other people are going to make me happy. And at the end of your life, God is not going to say, hey, how did that work out? Like, did you put your hope in, the, in this person or in that person or that leader or whoever? He can say, did you put your hope in my son, Jesus, who, who I sent to die for you that you may be saved and know him? You can put your hope in stuff. Check this picture out here. Found it on Instagram. I like like erase all the stuff so you can find like where I found this picture, all right? This lady's in the bathtub. She's like throwing money. It had thousand, a couple thousand likes and stuff like that. But what you see right there, that picture right there, or any variation of that picture that is floating around on the on the internet today, is such an indicator of something that people can put their hope in that will always leave them lacking. And when you get to the end of your life. God is not going to say, he is not going to say, 
You put your hope in wealth and stuff and money and very good because you have a lot of it. You know, he's going to say, not a dollar in that bathtub could save you. Not a, not a dollar you could spend that money on could save you. He's going to say, did you put your hope in the grace that I've given you in my son Jesus? And I can promise you that God will demand an answer from your mouth. Check out this one. You can put your hope in fame or power. Listen, a lot of people putting their hope in famous people. A lot of people putting their hope in powerful people. At the, end of our, at the end of our life or when Jesus comes back, he's going to say, did you put your hope in the grace that I've given you in my son? And if you have, that will cause you today to live set apart for God in holiness. Okay? Now I want to give you kind of this picture of holiness. When you and I walk in holiness, verse 14 of the same chapter, it's 1 Peter chapter 1, says this. It'll be on the screen if you need it. It says, as obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. The Bible says this. It says, you and I, if you call yourself a follower of Jesus Christ, that you are called to live as an obedient child, a child that is obeying their father, a child that is obeying God. And he says, not conforming to your old life. Now, I want to show you this picture here, okay? It's a good way to describe it. On one side of this picture, you see a side that says your old life with old desires. That would be your life before you were a follower of Jesus Christ. You did not desire God. You did not desire his son. You did not desire holiness. You did not desire being set apart for God in any single way. You and I were dead in our sin. I don't mean that as a judgmental thing. It's just what God says about us, that we were dead in sin. And that's why he's so good, because his grace is all about not deserving this, but he sends his son Jesus who dies for us so that we could be forgiven. And when we put our faith and trust in him, he moves us from that side on the screen that says old life, old desires. He moves us to the side that says new life, new desires. Now we desire God. Now we desire to love God. If you don't desire to love God, um, you may be living your life on the other side with old desires and old life. But for those of us who walk with Jesus and call ourselves his followers, he's moved us to that side. That's why that little stick figure dude is up there walking on that side. Now what this verse says is this. He says, this is the side you're on. So don't go back and grab stuff from your old life that I've set you apart from and try to mix it in like a Kool-Aid into your old, new life. He says, listen, I've given you new life, new heart. I've set you apart to live for me. So don't go back to your old life and try to grab some stuff to try to mix in with the new life that God has called you to live. Desire to walk in this old life, all right? That's a picture of what, how we walk in holiness. Now check this one out. I love this one. This is a picture of the holiness of God, that God is perfect in holiness in every single way. Listen to me. God is this perfect picture. He's this perfect example of holiness. There is no better example of what holiness or being holy is about than God himself. Look at 1 Peter 1.15. It's the very next verse. It says this, but just as he who called you is holy, so you, so be holy in all you do. Verse 16, you should memorize this someday. It's super easy. It's only like six words, I think. One, two, three, four, five, six. Be holy because I am holy. Right here, this verse says that 
there is a God who is holy in every single way, and he's this perfect example of holiness. It means this, watch this, that in God, there is like no evil, not even a hint of evil. The Bible actually says that in him, in God, that God himself is light. Listen to me, okay? God himself is light, and there is no darkness at all in him. God is free from evil. He's free from anything that is impure. Every decision he makes is pure. His justice is holy. The way he loves is holy. The way he rules, his kingdom is holy. He is holy in every single way. And then he says this, watch this, listen. He says, you be holy, why? Because I am holy. That's what he says. There is this standard of holiness, and it is God. He's the standard, and he's perfect in his holiness, and he's the one that gets to command us to be holy. So watch this, check this out. If I was the standard of holiness, and I came to you and said, hey, you should be living a holy life as a follower of Jesus Christ. You should be walking in holiness. Some of you would look at me and be like, yeah, 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 I want to do that. But if I was the one commanding you and asking you to do that, you probably look at me and some of you would probably be saying like, well, who are you? You're not that holy. I've heard what people say about you. Because I, Marcus, would probably be this bad standard of holiness. You probably would hear me saying, hey, you guys should be like me. Be more like Marcus. What's wrong with you, right? Okay? Some of your parents are like, you need to do this. You need to do that. And you're like, who are you to tell me? You don't do any of that. Because you think your parents are maybe this bad standard of maybe holiness. I don't know. I don't know your situation really. But here's the deal. Listen. But what if God, who is perfect in every single way, is the one that says to you, be holy because I am holy. You see that? It's not me that's the standard. It's not your church that's the standard. It isn't your parents that are the standard. God himself says, I am holy. I'm this example of what it means to live in holiness. So you pursue holiness. You be holy. Now let's connect this last verse that we just looked at. It's the last one we're going to look at today. We're going to do this. Watch this. Check this out. First verse, we're going to connect it to the last one just like this. The verse, first verse talked about grace that we have in Jesus. This one says, you be holy. This is what, how we're going to connect the two. Watch this. God is saying this, I am holy in every single way. I'm set apart. There's no evil in me. There's no wrongdoing. I'm set apart in every way. And then he says to you, now you, I command you, if you are my child, now you be holy too in every area of your life. Now I'm like, well, what, am, what, am, what do I do like that? How do I do that? You know how you do it? With the power that God has given you to live that out. He's saying this to us, I'm God, I'm up here, I'm the standard of perfect holiness. He's saying, get on my level. He's saying, level up. Now that sounds kind of tough. We may be like, there's no way I could get up there and get on God's level. He's God in every single way he's perfect. He's saying, I know I'm God. I've given you the example. Now I'm going to give you all you need to walk in holiness. And how does he do that? Well, we're going to connect it to the very first verse we read. We do that because he's given us 
this grace that if we fail in holiness, he forgives and gives us the power to get up and walk in the holiness. So it isn't your strength that makes you walk in holiness. It's God's strength that he's given you. Listen, the Bible says that none of us are ever tempted beyond what we can handle. So some of you are like, oh, if you just understood, like, I'm trying to follow Jesus, I'm trying, I'm struggling. That's the problem, you're trying on your own. You think you're strong enough and good enough to overcome sin by yourself, and you are trying to be holy without God's strength living in you. And you're failing and frustrated, some of you, because the desire is there, but you're doing it in your own ability and strength, and you're falling and failing. Be holy because I'm holy. And then he says, and I'm faithful to give you everything you need to walk in holiness. Now listen, holiness is uncomfortable sometimes. It's nice when you're here and we're all talking about this. We're like, ooh, we're all together. We're in church. We sing a God song. It's awesome. Like we feel good. I'm like, okay, I'm ready, right? But come on, listen. You go back to real life, whatever that looks like for you, your friends, your school, whatever that might be like for you, and can you imagine that God has called you to walk in holiness everywhere that you are, with everyone that you are with, and holiness makes you feel like you're the only one living in it. Listen, it's no joke that wherever you go, that holiness, being set apart for God and living for him, isn't the norm. Otherwise, it'd be really easy. Okay. Now here we can talk about that, but if you go into your classroom and you stand up in front of your classroom during a discussion, maybe a history class, or if you're in college, you're in a philosophy class, and you stand up in your class and you say, I am desiring to pursue holiness in my life. I want to be, live in a way that is set apart for God. What are people around you going to do? They're probably going to laugh at you. They're probably going to um, condemn you. They're probably going to say, oh man, like, okay, fine, you're going to go live for God, like, whatever, I'm just going to live for myself. Remember the, one of the pictures I showed you on the screen? Putting your hope in self, right? Because walking and living in holiness isn't the norm around us. Otherwise, everybody would be living in holiness. But the Bible is really clear that if you follow Jesus, he has set you apart to live for him, and then he faithfully gives you the strength to walk in that holiness as his child. He basically says this, you are my child, be like me. I am your father, and I am this example of perfect set-apartness, righteousness, leaving sin, leaving what is wrong, leaving what is evil, Um, and I'm this perfect example as your father of what this looks like. Now you be, be like me. Be like me. Live like me is what he asks us to do. All right, I'm done. So here's what I'm going to ask you as we finish and you go to see your time. Listen, every single one of us in here who follows Jesus, if we were honest with ourselves, we would be able, if we were, if we were honest with ourselves and woke enough, we would be able to look at our life and be able to pick out things that God is wanting us to leave behind so that we can walk in set apartness for him. Oh, and by the way, can I just say this? Like, every time I am living set apart for God, do you know how much joy that I find there? Like, joy in getting to live for God? It doesn't even compare to living for any other reason.
So this set-apartness, this holiness for God is so fulfilling for those of us who want to be set apart for him. But listen, if we were honest with ourselves, we could look at our lives and we could say, man, like if I'm honest with myself, I call myself a follower of Jesus, I call myself a Christian, but I see that there's some things that I need to abandon so that I can live set apart in holiness for God. And I don't know what that is for you. Listen, maybe some of you here are struggling. You're struggling with some sexual sin. Maybe you are struggling with some lust. Maybe if your mom or dad knew some of the stuff you were getting into on your phone, some of the, just the, the shame that you might feel because some of the stuff you're going through because you know that you're called to holiness, but really this has kind of like this grip on you and you're living according to your old life. Like if, if, if people knew you probably would feel embarrassed and ashamed, but can I promise you this? God knows and he call, he's calling you out of that calling you out of that. Listen, some of you in here, like maybe your struggle with holiness is that you lie. You lie to protect yourself. You lie so that people like you. You lie so that uh, it's just this protective kind of thing. Like, like you just lie because you're afraid. And God says, hey, you, you don't need to lie. I know the truth about you. I know everything about your life and your heart, so you don't need to pretend he says, trust me, walk in holiness with me and experience the life that I've called you to. Listen, some of you, it may not be lying, it may not be sexual sin, um, maybe it's uh, jealousy or bitterness. Maybe you have a lot of anger in you and you hate people. Maybe there are even people here that when you see them, you're like, oh man, I really hate that person. I don't like them at all. Now here's the thing. If you call yourself a follower of Jesus Christ, then the good thing is that you feel his Holy Spirit say to you, hey, you don't need to hate that person and I'm going to help you learn to walk in holiness by learning to love that person instead. Listen, some of you are following Jesus here and you hate teachers at your school and nobody has told you that as a follower of Jesus that you are not called to and allowed to hate that teacher no matter what they've done or what they've said that God would give you the strength to walk in holiness in your classroom and be respectful of that teacher that everybody hates and be set apart different for his glory different from your friends different from your classmates because if you follow Jesus you are different that's what holiness is set apart I'm setting the bar really high knowing that the only way we walk in this is with the strength of God the Holy Spirit that lives in us that causes us to walk in this and live this out I will be the first person to tell you that Mark is standing in front of you today without the Holy Spirit living in me and giving me the strength to walk in holiness, desires the exact opposite. But when the Holy Spirit is in me, and he's in you if you follow Jesus, that's his promise, that's God's promise. He gives us all we need to walk in this holiness. Let me pray, and you get to C group time and try to break this down a little more. Let's pray. God, I thank you, God, for being so clear with us that your desire is to be holy because you are perfect in holiness. And in you, you are perfect in the way you love and the way you do everything that you do as God. And Lord, I admit that I fall so short, like I can't even come close to the kind of holiness you are, God. 
And I desperately need your forgiveness and desperately, desperately need you, God, to give me the strength to walk in your holiness. I trust, God, that you are faithful and good to give students here that desire to be set apart for God, to be set apart for him, the strength to walk together. We love you, God. As we go to C group time, would you soften our hearts and make us ready to talk with one another. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.